Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. This is the show that respects your intelligence. We honor you as a citizen, and we work every day to bring you the stories that the mainstream media so often ignore, and to also bring you the insights and the perspectives that big tech and the left so often seeks to silence. I'm joined now by Gavin Wax. He is a New York-based conservative political commentator and columnist. He's the 73rd president of the New York Young Republican Club. He's the chairman of the Association of Young Republican Clubs and a leading voice among young conservatives. Gavin, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me, sir. Absolutely. So, Gavin, first, let's start here. Uh, There's a lot that's going on, and I want to get your thoughts on some of today's current events. But first, what's your message to other young conservatives right now, especially as they watch so many conservative voices being attacked by the left, attacked by big tech? Well, my message would be that I understand being a young conservative myself, that my generation is certainly a lost generation, unfortunately, economically, spiritually, whatever measure you want to use. Uh, but we have uh, justice is on our side, truth is on our side. Uh, so these are definitely hard times to be a conservative in this country, uh, but we have to stay true to our principles and we will persevere if, if, if we continue the fight. But if we give up, uh, if we cave in and we just become all doom and gloom, you know, then it's clear what will happen and it won't be good. Yeah. And let me get your perspective, Gavin, because you're you're based right there in New York. Everybody's watched how Andrew Cuomo has, you know, attacked small businesses during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, They've seen the moves that he's made limiting people's constitutional freedoms. Give us a sense being right there on the front lines, what it's like being a conservative in New York. Well, this is the belly of the beast and uh, everything that they want uh, for America at large is being done here in New York, New York City specifically, and a place like California. And what does that mean? It means business closures. It means destitution. It means rising homelessness, poverty, lack of freedoms, uh, you know, living in an environment where, you know, you'll be persecuted for your political beliefs. I mean, they want to uh, basically export this system of governance, which is a pretty tyrannical system of governance uh, across the country. That's why they're coming down hard on places like Florida and Texas. Uh, So it's unfortunate, but we see the future and it's not bright. And you could just come to New York to see it for yourself. Yeah. And Gavin, you know, we talk about what's happening right now in the country. So many people recognize what's happening on the left. They see what Andrew Cuomo's done. They see what Gavin Newsom's done in California. And of course, there's a big citizen based effort to recall Gavin Newsom right now. A lot of our viewers are also talking about how important it is, though, that Republicans make sure that the Republican Party really represents Americans because there is a very often an establishment focused part of the Republican Party. You've written about the civil war within the GOP. Talk with our viewers a little bit about your view of what needs to be done. 
our party needs a complete and total reformation uh, of our ranks, of our leadership. It's a party and an establishment that's completely out of touch with the grassroots, with the voters of this party. And they seem much more concerned about the donor class and who's giving the money, who's writing the checks. Uh, and unfortunately, the people that tend to write these checks, corporate America, is no longer on the side of the little man, no longer on the side of working Americans of all stripes and of all backgrounds. That's the movement. Uh, that's a group. That's the group of people that we really need to represent. Uh, it's the forgotten man and woman. And that's what Trump tried to do uh, during his presidency. That's why he was able to win in 2016. That's why he was able to grow the party uh, to records not thought of uh, before. And we need to return to those values. But unfortunately, there seems to be a, uh, a leadership uh, that is running this party uh, into the ground, thinking that we have to return to the days of, you know, neoconservatism, uh, Bushism, uh, things that are basically represented in people like Nikki Haley, uh, rather than, you know, Trump or DeSantis or Hawley or Matt Gates or whoever you want to use as a standard bearer. Uh, but it's it's unfortunate, and hopefully they could at least wisen up and look at the opinion polling, because the polling is very clear mm -hmm. where uh, the members of the party want the party to go, and it's certainly not in the direction of the days of old or the Lincoln Project. It's it's more in the direction of Trump, and, and that is the future. Well, look, that's certainly where the American people are at, and that's true from, from coast to coast. You look across, you know, there's tremendous support still uh, for President Trump in the Republican Party, and it's very clear to me, talking to our viewers every day, that they want leaders who are willing to go out and fight for them rather than fighting for lobbyists, rather than working with political insiders. They want to see leaders who go and do what they were sent to do, which is to actually fight for the people who sent them. Now, as we turn, Gavin, you're, you're also a student of what of America's role in the world. You've also written about foreign policy. Let's talk a little bit about the establishment's foreign policy as compared to Trump's Make America Great Again, America First foreign policy. And again, what do you think needs to be done and, and recognized there? Well, we need to recognize that there is a new Cold War, and it's not with Moscow, it's with Beijing. I mean, China is certainly our number one geopolitical threat. They're undermining us at every turn. They're, uh, you know, influencing uh, American politicians, American corporations. We just saw Mark Cuban basically uh, bend over backwards for them uh, in the NBA to get the uh, the national anthem pulled. So they're they're infecting all parts of our society, and they understand that that we are their rival, and they're treating us as such. But our elites and our establishment are, you know, stuck in this 1980s uh, mode of thinking, where they think, you know, that 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 Soviet tanks are going to breach through uh, through Germany any minute. So it, it's an outdated form of thinking, but I think it's more insidious than that. I think a lot of them really are on on the dole in whatever sense you want to set you, you could you could take that for of China. Um, but we're we've been wasting tons of energy and effort, blood and treasure in places like the Middle East and and all these different countries abroad and we get nothing in return for it. I'm not saying we have to be isolationists, but we certainly have to be advocating for our own national interests. And many of the times uh, we're we're engaging in policies that don't uh, promote our national interest. They don't help anyone here at home. I mean, I think uh, most recently I saw an article that uh, U.S. troops were basically being used to protect uh, certain mines in Afghanistan to the benefit of China. Um, this has nothing to do with, with advancing our interests, protecting our national security. Uh, it's simply we're just being used uh, we're just being used and abused as a country. And until our leadership wakes up and realizes that, uh, we're going to continue to spend tons of money overseas that could be better spent here at home on the home front. And we're going to continuously make ourselves a weaker nation. Uh, and that's where we're approaching a situation where we'll not, we're not going to be a unipolar power. This is approaching a situation where China very much is on, on the same level as us, if not more so.
Yeah, and Gavin, talk a little bit about, you know, we talk about troops. I think one of the things that's been most striking to Americans in the last couple of weeks has been the thousands of troops. At one point, it was over 20,000 troops descending on the American people's capital here in Washington, D.C. Joe Biden stepped up for his inauguration. He started talking about we the people, how all of us need to come together. But of course, the only people who were there were insiders. The American people were excluded from Joe Biden's inauguration, and they were excluded by fences, barbed wire, and razor wire. Biden's been in office now for a couple of weeks. What do you make of the first few steps out of the gate of the Biden administration? Uh, they're horrible. I mean, he's acting like everything they accused Trump of doing. I mean, he's acting like a dictator. He's ruling not by law, but by diktat through his executive orders. Uh, they're basically using uh, National Guardsmen as political props in D.C., uh, you know, to instill, I don't know what they're trying to instill, a sense of fear, a sense of dread. Uh, it's its absolutely un-American to see our, our nation's capital turn into basically an occupied uh, city, so to speak. Uh, but this is not what a uh, administration does if they are looking out for the best interests of the people, if they are actually trying to be transparent and honest. It looks like an administration that's either very worried about their grips on power or they're trying to send a message that is kind of despotic in many ways. Uh, I mean, one of the first actions they've taken is the stand down order in the military, and they're looking to investigate the political backgrounds of enlisted men and women, which is something you would you would see out of a Stalinist purge. I mean, if and it's not even that they're based on anything uh, that would actually be reprehensible. I mean, they're looking into things like, are you a member of the NRA? Were you a member of a conservative youth organization like TPUSA? Very benign things. Uh, so it's very clear that they have uh, nothing but disrespect for those that who, who are enlisted. They're they're very uh, disrespectful of the American people in general. I mean, they're issuing executive orders that have cost us thousands of jobs already on the Keystone Pipeline. They've issued executive orders that would essentially end women's sports uh, by allowing transgendered athletes to compete with women. I mean, are these really the priorities of unity and bringing the country together, or is this just promoting a left-wing agenda under the guise of you know moderate Joe from Scranton, which is he's anything? But absolutely. And, and Gavin, let's talk just uh, for, for 30 seconds. You also write about economics. As you mentioned, Joe Biden comes in, wipes out 11,000 jobs with a stroke of the pen of the Keystone XL pipeline. Congressional Budget Office is saying at the same time that other of his economic proposals might wipe out a million plus jobs. What's your report card on Joe Biden's economic policy in the last 30 seconds or so? Uh, it's, it's disastrous. Even the unions are coming out against him. I saw Trump uh, uh, was basically saying he wished he hadn't done that. Uh, he's killing union jobs. He's killing American jobs. It's more than just economics. It's also national security. I mean, he's making us, uh, you know, energy dependent yeah. again when we had just stepped into an energy independence uh, period of, of American uh, energy policy, which was a great thing that Trump did. Uh, so he's sending us back in all the wrong ways. They want to raise the minimum wage, which is going to make it even harder for these small businesses to stay alive and afloat, uh, raising the cost of labor. He's flooding the country with illegal immigrants, which is just going to further dampen American wages. Uh, so everything he seems to be doing is is very much a left-wing agenda. There's no, there's no, nothing moderate about it. And it's very okay, sad. Gavin, just, just 10 uh, seconds left for folks who want to read your columns and follow you. Where can they find you? I have a website, gavinwax.com, and you can follow me on social at Gavin Wax, and I really appreciate you having me on. 
Absolutely. Great to have you. Folks, that's Gavin Wax. You can follow him on social media and read his columns at American Greatness and other places. We're going to be back in just a minute with Dylan Johnson. Fantastic interview. You're going to want to stay with us. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Well, welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. As you know, we like to bring you the insights and the perspectives that the mainstream media won't often bring you. And that's why I'm so proud to bring in now Dylan Johnson. He's the principal of the Octavian Group. He formerly worked for President Trump. I know him because he's also worked for me and because I love to read his work. He's got a new piece up at American Greatness, and it's titled Don't Be the First to Stop Clapping. Dylan, welcome. It's so great to see you tonight. Thanks for having me on, Governor. Absolutely. So, Dylan, you start your piece with a story from Solzhenitsyn's Gulag Archipelago. Please tell your fellow Americans the story and why it's so important. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a really compelling story. And most importantly, it's a true story. I mean, it starts about a Communist Party meeting that's taking place in Moscow in 1937. And at the end of this meeting, uh, the party official gets up on stage and calls for uh, what is effectively a tribute to the Soviet premier, Joseph Stalin. And of course, the room busts into applause. Everyone's on their feet. And the rapturous applause goes on for seven, eight, nine, ten minutes. Ten minutes go by. Everyone's applauding. Everyone's clapping out of fear uh, to be the first person to take their seat. And finally, this local businessman musters up the courage to take a seat and be the first to sit down. And of course, the room follows suit. Well, it's important to note that the state police are perched at the back of the room. And sure enough, a couple hours later, the businessman's whisked away by the state police and arrested. And you know, due process uh, is, looks a lot different in Soviet Russia in the 1930s than it might in the United States nowadays. Um, and at the end of this interrogation, he's sentenced to 10 years in a Soviet prison camp. And right, at, right before he's sent off to the camp, uh, the interrogator looks at him and says, essentially, don't ever be the first to stop clapping. And I think, you know, we look at where we are right now, the Democratic mandate since Joe Biden has taken office on January 20th of this year has been essentially to all Republicans, all Trump supporters, shut up and unify. Yeah, and clearly what they've been doing, and we've covered on this program, is that they will bring out the big guns. They will de-platform conservative voices. Big tech will take you out if you're willing to actually speak your mind, if you're not willing to go along with the orthodoxy. And, of course, that was part of, of Solzhenitsyn's story. I encourage everybody to go out to American Greatness and check it out. It's a really, really uh, well-done piece by, by Dylan Johnson. Now, Dylan, you've also you've worked for the president. You've been part of his advance team. You've worked with him in different locations around the country. I want to get your thoughts on this drive-by impeachment that was thrown together by Nancy Pelosi and her team in the House. What do you make of this? 
Yeah, well, look, I mean, the American people see this for what this is. This is complete political theater. Uh, the Democrats know that Donald Trump remains the most popular Republican in the country, uh, that he has a loyal following of the American people. They believe there are legitimate concerns with the uh, outcome of the 2020 election. And I think this is their way of saying, essentially, the American people can't be... Uh, can't be allowed to make this decision and elect their leaders. So we're going to go ahead and try to uh, uh, withdraw that choice from their potential ballot in the future. I think uh, it's it's complete theater. The votes aren't there. The president will be acquitted as he should for the second time. And uh, as Matt Gates so wisely put, uh, the impeachment isn't an itch that goes away with just one scratch. Yeah, and look, this is clearly something that you and I have talked about this. The Democrats have been after President Trump since before he was even inaugurated, and they've been talking about impeaching him. They dragged the country through years of the Russia collusion hoax, which we all found out to be completely and utterly right. baseless. It was built on a false dossier that Christopher Steele admitted himself that he put together to distract from Hillary Clinton's email scandal. But here we are again with another drive-by impeachment. Dylan, you're, you're a student of history. Uh, you appreciate American history. You read about it. You refer to it often in your columns. I want to get your thoughts on the left's effort to really erase a lot of that history, even going so far we covered on this program. Right now in San Francisco, they're taking Abraham Lincoln's name off of schools, Thomas Jefferson. What do you make of this left's, of the left's attempt to erase so much of American history? Well, look, I mean, if, if Democrats in Congress right now can impeach President Trump when he's a former president, uh, what bars them from impeaching Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, and George Washington? I, you know, I think it's important that people realize just how powerful and just how uh, unified the power structure is in the United States right now under President Biden. I mean, he has big tech, the mainstream media, Wall Street, and the political establishment of not just the Democratic Party, but also the Republican Party. I mean, this has been uh, true from day one, that this is no longer about Republicans and Democrats. It's no longer about the left and the right. It's about the insiders, the establishment, versus the outsiders, the American people. So, look, I, I think it's absurd, uh, and I think at this point, uh, we really don't know what to expect from the left. Yeah, well, look, and, and we have seen, I think it's such a good point. You've got the Biden administration, but in the past, people think, oh, it's the Democrats who are back in power. Most Americans now are looking in this, at this and they're saying it's the swamp that's back in power. It's right. the establishment that's back in power. And they are clearly aligned with big tech and they're working to silence conservative voices. You have emerged as one of the, the voices, especially a voice, part of a younger generation of conservatives who are unafraid to stand up and to speak your mind. Talk a little bit about why it's so important for young conservatives to stand up and to speak and about why you think it's so important for all Americans to resist this movement to try to silence voices, as Solzhenitsyn pointed out in, in his story that you wrote so eloquently about. Yeah, well, I mean, look, the good news is that we're not there yet. Uh, if you sit down and you are the first to stop clapping, figuratively speaking, right now, uh, you're not going to be thrown into a gulag uh, in the United States, fortunately. Uh, so I think it's very important, though, that we stand up. It's not too late uh, to revive our republic. I think it's going to take involvement. People need to be getting involved and, and you know, really uh, voicing that frustration they have with the political establishment, but more than that, actually acting on it. I mean, it remains true that while big tech, 
the mainstream media, the military-industrial complex, Wall Street, and the political establishment are, are quite the force to be reckoned with. The American people, they are the most compassionate and the most smart and the most forceful group to come across uh, when they come together. So I think it's time the American people unify uh, against these forces that we know are big tech and uh, the establishment. And I think if we do that, it's not too late to reverse the tides and uh, save the republic. Awesome. And Dylan, again, you've talked a lot about American history. You refer to it in your columns. You refer to world history. You've also talked about the importance of faith and the role that it's played in American history. And that brings me to, I want to get your comments on this news of the day, the big breaking story from just the news that Eric Swalwell, who's one of the Democrat House impeachment managers, got on the floor of the United States Senate accusing the president of the United States of a crime of inciting armed insurrection. And what he actually used as his evidence was a tweet from a woman, Jennifer Lawrence, who said that she's bringing the Calvary. She's bringing people to come in prayer. She was coming in prayer. Swalwell misread that, didn't understand it. He falsified the tweet and said that the president liked the fact that she was coming to bring the cavalry, which of course is a group of mounted on horseback armed citizens. What do you make of this clear falsification of what Jennifer Lawrence was talking about with the fact that she was bringing people to pray in Washington, D.C.? Well, look, Governor, I mean, uh, personally speaking, I think Eric Swalwell on the Intelligence Committee is an oxymoron of itself. I mean, Eric Swalwell uh, is famously known for his involvement with uh, what we believe to be a Chinese spy. So I think anything that coming out of Eric Swalwell, the decision by the Democrats to put him as the spokesman, as the, uh, as the litigator of this, any sort of facts, quite frankly, uh, is, is hysterical. But at the end of the day, I think it is a perfect example of what this is, which is poor theater. The American people see right through it. Uh, you can't incite, as John Solomon, the team of Just the News, has been covering since day one. You can't incite something that's already in the works. President, uh, you know, his speech that day uh, essentially cannot be used as evidence for, you know, what we know was already in the works. And, you know, we have a lot of questions that remain unanswered about what Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell, a lot of those folks knew and when they know it. So I think people see uh, right through this. They know it's, you know. Uh, yeah, I think, look, the evidence has all emerged that this was pre-planned. It's been covered by John Solomon and his team at Just the News. There's extensive evidence now in the FBI's own indictments of people for conspiracy that they were planning exactly. this back in November. So there's no way right. that the president could be guilty of inciting something that was already that was already pre-planned. Well, Dylan, as you look at all of this, I want to get your thoughts on what your, your kind of message is to people of your generation and to the American people at this moment. Here we are at this historic moment, the second impeachment of President Trump. Obviously, everybody knows he's going to be acquitted. I believe that he's going to emerge stronger from the impeachment. In the last 30 seconds or so, as you look at this, what's your message to uh, your generation and your message to the American people? Look, it's got to be have the courage to stand up. This country is the greatest nation on the history of the earth. I think it's time that we stand up. It's not too late to revive our republic, uh, but it's only going to happen if we all stand together. I think, I think everyone's in agreement that the political class isn't doing the job for the American people. So I think it's time we all come together and stand up. Awesome. Well, Dylan, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Always good to see you.
Uh, folks, that is Dylan Johnson. Check him out. He's the principal of the Octavian Group. Go out now to American Greatness and read his latest column, Don't Be the First to Stop Clapping. We're certainly going to hear a lot more from Dylan Johnson and other strong, young, conservative voices in that generation as we move forward. We'll stay right here with actionable intelligence because we're going to be back with more in just a few minutes. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Reitens. As you know, we work here every day to bring you the insights and the perspectives that big tech and the left so often seek to silence. It's why I am honored now to be joined by Christina Bob. She is a United States Marine, a lawyer, and the host of Weekly Briefing on One America News. Christina, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me, it's fun. Absolutely. So look, I wanna get your, your perspective on this. You've practiced law in the United States military. You've mm -hmm. done it in civilian. Uh, in the civilian sector, you've worked closely with the president's team. Right now, we've got an impeachment going on. The big news that just came out of Just the News is that Eric Swalwell, one of the House impeachment managers, stood on the floor of the United States Senate in the biggest case on the planet. And he accused a woman, Jennifer Lawrence, of bringing the cavalry literally accused her of bringing folks as part of an armed insurrection when in fact what Jennifer had said was that she was bringing the Calvary, that she was bringing people to prayer. She came to Washington, D.C. to exercise her First Amendment rights to freedom of speech, to freedom of religion, and she's got this guy, Eric Swalwell, accusing her and of course the president of the united states of armed insurrection when people wanted the prayer what do you make of this it is a hot mess and quintessential example of what's going on in the impeachment right now uh, there's absolutely nothing about this process that is truly legal in the procedural sense uh the, the calvary versus calvary <laughs> mix yes. up uh it, it epitomizes what the Democrats are doing. Who knows if that was intentional or if it was a terrible mistake by Swalwell, it doesn't really matter. But they're, they're playing fast and loose with things that, are peop that people are saying, and they're taking drastic steps that are drastically affecting real people's lives. Like, real Americans are facing consequences for this, and uh, Democrats are just playing, playing with their lives for political sound bites. And that, yes. that's the biggest travesty, is people now have to guard their speech and guard what they say yes. because they're concerned about the consequences. Yeah, and they're not only accusing President Trump of this, but Jennifer Lawrence, who came to Washington, D.C. to prayer. She came with the prayer group and she's being accused. She's actually had to go into hiding. We were talking with her and her pastor earlier. They had to go into hiding because all of these threats had come. Why? Because people believe this guy, Eric Swalwell, Democrat who's on the floor making these accusations. You know, and I commented earlier, if he had been in fifth grade 
and he was responsible for doing a report. He would have failed for failing <laughs> to check his sources and failing to look look in the dictionary. What do you make of the way the Democrats are trying to make this case? I don't know that they're actually trying to make a case, if, mm. if we're being fair. Yeah. They want political sound bites. They want... They want to go on TV and they want to air their edited videos that edit out the truth yes. and you know compartmentalize uh, sound bites to, to try to paint President Trump in a bad picture and try to tra paint his movement as this negative thing. But I think anybody who's watching with half a reasonable mind at what's going on, I think anyone can look at it and go, well, that video was clearly edited. And the fact that President Trump said, fight like hell. I don't think anyone's going to clutch their pearls and go, oh, my goodness, you know, what did he do? Uh, so there's not a whole lot of substance to anything. And to be fair, there's not a lot of substance to the defense either mm. because President Trump's legal team didn't exactly come out of the gate swinging. Right. So um, I think it's a big waste of time. And unfortunately, it's a lot of heartache for a lot of good people like yes. um, the cavalry group. <laughs> yes. Cav cavalry group. It's a tricky word, to be yes. fair. But uh I, I just think the whole thing, there's no winner coming out of this. There's, there's not, even if, you know, if President Trump is likely to be acquitted, he doesn't win. The American people don't win. It's just a waste of time and energy, and it doesn't move us closer to the unity that Biden is saying he's bringing. Yeah, and I think, I think it also suggests, like, th this is the epitome of how the left operates. They did this in the House Speaker Pelosi. Some people have called it a drive-by impeachment. Maybe it was a snap impeachment. But there was no evidence. There were no hearings. This is clearly how they're willing to treat right. the president. And then you go over to the Senate, and you clearly have, as you mentioned, the edited videos, the sloppiness. There is this kind of contrast between rhetoric and reality. And that's something else I want to get your, your thoughts yeah. on. All right, so you're a United States Marine. I served in the Navy. Yeah. We always worked together. It was solid. We've got our troops out now, National Guard troops, fantastic men and women. When I served as governor, one of my honors mm -hmm. to serve with, with those men and women. They do an incredible job. But they've been ordered to come to Washington, D.C. We had tens of thousands of them there for Joe Biden's inauguration. He gets up. He's talking about we the people, except... There were no people there <laughs> Nobody. because there were fences and barbed wire and razor wire. What do you make of the military presence in Washington, D.C. right now? I think it's all for show, and I think, uh, I think it's a tragedy for our troops, for our members, because they didn't sign up to be political pawns and um, you know, just political posters, but that's what, unfortunately, that's what they've become. There's no threat in D.C., reasonable threat that, that I think any reasonable person could see. Maybe there's something behind the scenes that nobody knows about. <laughs> But the city is vacant. The, uh, the pandemic pretty much shut it down. Mayor Bowser's uh, policies have pretty much shut down the restaurants, and it, it's largely a vacant city. So to have so many troops guarding nothing where businesses are closed and no one's going to the Capitol, no one's seeing anything, um, it, it's really a disservice to those men and women who signed up to do something meaningful for their country, and they signed up to, uh, to fight for freedom, and instead they're being used as posters. Well, and they took an oath, as both you and I did, to protect and defend the Constitution mm -hmm. of the United States of America. And then here they are in this almost dystopian environment. You know, we've had our guy Ben Bergquam out on the streets as the man on the street. And unfortunately, he's almost the only man on <laughs> the street no because there. there's nobody else it's out quiet. there in Washington, yeah. D.C. Coming back to the Constitution, um, again, as somebody who served the country as a lawyer, what do you make of what's happening right now with big tech and this effort to silence conservative voices? 
I think it's a very concerted effort to silence conservative voices, and the impeachment is doing the same thing. It's all, I, I don't know that it was coordinated beforehand, but they're all working together to, to do, accomplish the same purpose. And, uh, you know, it was seeing President Trump getting silenced off of Twitter, and I'm sure you and I have both yes. experienced, you know, having our followers dropped and getting censored. And um, I actually had a video, one of the reports that I did for One yes. America News, it was a mathematician who had done, who had found the algorithm, basically. And I yes. interviewed him, and we showed a spreadsheet, and, you know, as part of the video, it was a four-minute video news package yes. that we put out. And Facebook censored it, saying that there was sexual content and nudity in it. Uh, it's a spreadsheet. It's an Excel spreadsheet. In the math. In the math. I mean, it was really interesting math, yes. but it was just math. And uh, it was really bizarre. They, they clearly just didn't want people to see the numbers because the mm -hmm. numbers don't lie. And you can look yes. at the spreadsheet. And I'm not a mathematician, but I could follow what he was yes. doing and go, well, that's clearly wrong. Yes. So they censored it for nudity. And it's it was an Excel spreadsheet. Wow. So it's um, it's just really terrible that it, it's working out this way. But I think in some sense it's good. It's woken the country to... Um, to really fight for what they believe in and fight yes. for their rights. And I think conservatives who had kind of, you know, let it slip or let it slide and uh, not focus too much on fighting for their rights as, yes. as we think of it are now awake and go, okay, I want to keep my freedom of speech and I want to be able to say whatever I want to say, even if it's crazy or wrong. That's, that's America, right? And yes. we're clearly losing that. And so um, I think we're, I think we're going to see a good shift. Yes. So, uh, so what is your message to your fellow Americans right now? Again, you fought as a United States Marine. You've done it in the courtroom as mm -hmm. a lawyer. You're now kind of on the front lines as a conservative voice in the media world. What's mm -hmm. your message to, to your fellow Americans right now? Educate yourself. Know what your leaders are doing. Know who your leaders are and what they're doing with the power that you give them. And it's not just Democrats versus Republicans. I hate to say it, but yes. this whole election problem, really, the problem was Republicans. And so uh, know who they are, know what they're voting for, make sure that you hold them accountable, let them know that you're listening. And um, I can tell you just from the work that I've done with Mayor Giuliani and the president's legal team, you know, I was making phone calls calling, you know, county clerks and um, people down at, at the local levels. And a lot of, it was very surprising to me how many of them didn't understand the constitutional process and didn't mm. understand the power that they actually had. And so uh, I think Americans, if you educate yourself, get involved in your local communities, know what your leaders are doing, hold them accountable, and then volunteer. You know, no one, no one likes counting ballots, but everybody loves their freedom of speech. And so you, you have to have one to have the other. Absolutely. So. And Christina, where can folks find you? If they do want to take a look at those numbers, <laughs> which Facebook censored yeah. or otherwise, where can folks find you and, and, and your show? That particular video is on Rumble. Okay. Um, and then I'm on One American News. I'm on our, our YouTube platform as well as Rumble. And and then Twitter, uh, Christina underscore Bob is Twitter and Instagram handle. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us tonight. We very much appreciate it. Thank you. Folks, again, that is Christina Bob. You can find her on One American News. Stay right with us. We've got a fantastic show. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Jim Hoft. He is the founder and editor-in-chief of the Gateway Pundit. They have some outstanding stories out. We're going to bring them right to you. We'll be back in just a minute. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. Well, as we promise you, we work every day to bring you the insights and the perspectives from the folks at the left and big tech want to shut down. Well, right now, we're honored to be joined by Jim Hoft. He is the founder and editor-in-chief of the Gateway Pundit. And Jim, you just got kicked off of Twitter. Great to see you tonight. Please tell our viewers a little bit about what happened there. Hi, Eric. Good to be with you. And uh, yeah, we, we got kicked off Twitter on Saturday. Um, this was after Friday. We released uh, uh, some security camera videos from inside the TCF Center in Detroit. It took us two months, Eric, to get this video. Um, they waited till after the inauguration. We finally got and the remind, security camera video. If you could, video. please, Jim, remind our viewers what the TCF Center in Detroit uh, was. And, Absolutely. And yes. Absolutely. So, so the TCF Center is where they counted ballots on election night in, uh, in the next couple days in Detroit, Michigan. So it's a huge arena. The day after the election, on Wednesday morning, I get a call from a friend of mine who is an observer down inside the TCF Center. She tells me, Jim, we heard that a van came in last night and dropped off uh, boxes of ballots in the middle of the night. And so we heard that then. We reported it back on November 4th. Two weeks later, we interviewed several of the people who were witnesses there during the nighttime shift. And they each told us the same story, that they saw this van come in, that it unpacked uh, 61 boxes, Eric, full of ballots at 3.30 in the morning. And uh, that they looked very suspicious. We had at least one of our uh, interviews. The man said that uh, the, the ballots were all perfectly lined up. They only had president and senator picked on their ballots. Wow. Um, they looked completely uh, suspect. And they were brought inside the TCF center. So we applied to get this uh, security camera uh, footage. It took over two months. We finally got it about 10, 12 days ago. Uh, we, we had to comb through it to find the, the footage that we were looking for. And sure enough, we found footage of, the, uh, of a white van pulling in at 3.30 uh, in the morning on election night after the, uh, uh, they, they said that they were going to shut down counting in, in uh, Michigan. It comes in at 3.30 at night, unloads 61 ballots. We have all that on footage. And uh, then what the media doesn't tell you is that it came around again at 4.30 in the morning with more ballots and unloaded more boxes of ballots at 4.30 in the morning. We have footage of this. So I put out on Twitter that we have more footage coming of this incident because mm. this, this van was being chaperoned by another car. So that was our second video on this, uh, what happened at the TCF. And Twitter shut down my account after I put up this teaser that we had more video to come. So uh, now tonight we, we have no uh, Twitter account for the Gateway Pundit. We're one of the top you know, five conservative outlets in the country. We get 2.5 million readers a day and they shut down our Twitter account. Wow, and let's talk about that, Jim, for a minute. You know, the Gateway Pundit has risen dramatically over the course of really the last couple of years and seen increasing traffic in the past couple of months. Tell our viewers a little bit about where you guys stand right now. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, we're uh, one of the top 150 websites in the entire country. Uh, in, in news uh, and information, we're probably one of the top 20. 
Uh, we were up in the top 100 uh, the last few months. We're the ones who were uh, reporting about what we believe was the fraud that took place in the election. We, put, we released a lot of stories. And of course, now we're seeing a lot of these stories play out. And we were 100% accurate back in November when we first started discussing these stories. But uh, we have uh, 2.5 million readers a day, over 100 million readers uh, a month. So uh, we're doing very well. And uh, that's why we're a big target. Uh, of the left. Yeah. And Jim, you guys also have a story uh, that you mentioned about what you recently uncovered in New Hampshire. If you could, please tell our viewers what you found. Yeah, Eric, this is really interesting because New Hampshire, nobody paid much attention to. Mm. But this week we found out that in, in Wyndham, New Hampshire, it's a sizable town. It's a, it's a Republican stronghold. Um, they found, they did a recount of the computer um, voting machines. And they found that each of these Republican candidates, uh, they had 300 votes they were shorted, each of them. They were actually shorted 6% of their votes, according to the machines. So when they did this hand recount, they had to add the 300 votes to these candidates. Wow. What's interesting about this, Eric, is the, uh, the New Hampshire went to Biden, who, of course, got fourth in the primary there. Kamala didn't even make it to the primary there. And if you look at New Hampshire, this is what makes it so suspect. New Hampshire, the, the House of Representatives was in the minority. The Republicans were in minority. They swept like 80 seats. Now they're in the majority. The, House, the Senate in New Hampshire, it used to be 14 to 10 Democrat before the election. Now it's 14 to 10 Republican. So once again, you see this, wow. this you know, uh, wipeout of Republicans just do incredibly well. And yet it doesn't, uh, you know, roll over into the presidential race. Very suspect. And then we find that these Dominion-owned machines um, had miscounted these candidates in Wyndham. And they should do a recount of the whole state when you find something like that. Absolutely. And what are you hearing from officials in New Hampshire? Because, again, you know, as you've pointed out, Big gains in the New Hampshire State House for Republicans, big gains in the New Hampshire State Senate for Republicans. And then you had this differential at the presidential level. And now you guys have uncovered, you know, that all of the Republicans in this county lost 6% of their votes. What are you hearing from, from yeah. county and state officials there about their willingness to actually dig in and investigate this? Well, we, we spoke to a local treasurer there in Wyndham uh, this morning and put up an update on this. Uh, he's saying that the attorney general in the state, who I believe is a Republican, um, she doesn't want to investigate this. So we really need people to put pressure on her so that they start to do a recount. If we don't uh, take care of this, if we have to at least look at it to make sure this doesn't happen again. Right. Republicans must act on this now or we're going to see this, uh, you know, similar situations in the future. Yeah, and look, one of the things that you've always said, Jim, which I've always appreciated, is that, like, you follow the facts and you dig into the facts. And you've always said, like, if there are other facts and you can prove them, bring them out and you'll, you'll report them. But you want people to actually see and follow the facts. And it's one of the reasons I've made this, this point before. It's one of the reasons why the left so often engages in trying to silence voices. It's why they engage in, in insults and criticism, because... To my view, if they think Jim Hoft is wrong, they should actually go out and show why you're wrong. You know, show an alternative uh, set, you know, show their uh, alternative argument right. rather, rather than trying to just shut you down.
One of the other stories. Well, you know you what's have. interesting? Yeah, go on. You know what's interesting about that, Eric, is that in November, the uh, the PolitiFact wrote an article on, on what we had written about the TCF Center. Mm. They said that there was no evidence of votes being brought into the TCF Center late at night. Now this week, after we recovered, after we put up this video, they wrote the same author wrote, oh yeah, these ballots came in, but it really doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so they, they don't even, and she didn't even explain that she was the one who said this never happened two months ago. Right. So this is what we're up against all the time. Yeah, and Jim, what, you guys have all of these different stories up at the Gateway Pundit. A lot of them are getting uh, big, big traffic. Uh, one of them you've got up is about CNN comparing what happened in January to the Rwandan genocide. Give our viewers a quick, quick insight into that story. Yeah, so that was Anderson Cooper this week, huh. and uh, he compared this, uh, this the Capitol Hill riot to uh, what happened in Rwanda, where over a million, eight hundred thousand to a million people died. And uh, he also mentioned Bosnia when he was talking about this. So. The left has really, uh, they've lost their mind. Uh, it's really outrageous what they're saying. And this is CNN. You would expect yeah. more from them. Well, and I'll tell you personally, Jim, as, as you know, I actually went and I worked with Bosnian refugees um, after the ethnic cleansing. I actually worked wow. in Rwanda after the genocide, both there and with Rwandan refugees in Goma, Zaire. The idea that a CNN host would compare ethnic cleansing wow. and genocide of hundreds of thousands of people uh, to what happened in January is just an indication that they seem to have lost all appreciation for, uh, for, for facts. Um, Jim, you've also got, you've got a story up that the Biden White House is now leaking health information about President Trump. Tell our viewers what's happening there. Yeah, so this is, this is pretty outrageous. We found that out today. Um, so they're leaking President Trump's health information, yet um, we have a president, Joe Biden, who most people, if they pay attention to this man, he, you know, and I, I come with, from a family where Alzheimer runs deep, and mm. uh, this, Joe Biden's having some issues. Uh, they don't ever talk about that, but they're still after smearing Donald Trump. It's pretty disgusting. Yeah, good. And Jim, what are you guys, uh, what are you guys watching at the Gateway Pundit? Biggest stories you're looking at tomorrow and over the course of this upcoming weekend? Well, you know, I think we're going to follow this uh, New Hampshire story. And um, we've seen similar things in other states. And uh, we're also looking still, you know, Eric, we're still looking at Arizona and the recount they may have there, the audit that they want to do. Um, I think these are important stories. A lot of people just want to say, oh, move on, forget it. You know, Trump lost, forget it. But we really want to get to the bottom of it because uh, uh, there's millions of Americans who just feel today that it was stolen from Trump. Excellent. Well, Jim, we so appreciate having you on the show. Uh, appreciate you joining us tonight. Remind all of our viewers in 10 seconds where they can find you online. Well, it won't be Twitter, but um, you can find us at thegatewaypundit.com. We're also on uh uh, uh, Telegram, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Gab, uh, and uh, several other social media sites we're awesome. starting to sign up for. Well, thank you so much, Jim. Folks, stay right with us because after the break, Dr. Gina Primetime is coming up. She's got a great show. It's been an honor to be on with you on Actionable Intelligence. Thanks for watching and have a beautiful night.